sweet day. Yeah. Yeah. We have a big good one. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Glad to see you here today. I believe I feel like this mic's kind of hot. Is this is this hot? Can you turn that down just a little bit, Larry? Thank you. I feel like I'm bouncing off the walls here. Welcome, everybody. We're glad to see you here. Welcome uh, to all of you, and uh, we're it's good to share this time of fellowship and worship together. So I'm glad that you're here. Uh, let me remind everyone of each, uh, of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out, pass them down the aisle, so we can have a record of your attendance. That you can do that. We would appreciate it. Also, go ahead and take your phones and check in on social media. Let everybody know you're here today. And uh, and let me get you up today on a few announcements that we have. Uh, first of all, thank you for our college and young adult uh, group for breakfast this morning. Wonderful job. It was delicious as always. So thank you so much for that. Um, some things that we have coming up. Our upperclassmen group will be going to uh, the Voices of Elmwood on September the 21st. That's a Saturday. I think the uh, um, that if, if you haven't been there before, there's a, a cemetery in Owensboro, El- Elmwood Cemetery, and they choose, I think it's 10 characters or 10, 10 people in that cemetery each year, and they do a reenactment of their of that person's life. It's, kind of, it's not a spooky thing. It's a historical thing. Uh, so it's, it's really a, a, an interesting thing to be a part of. Sue Berry has been a part of that for quite a while. And uh, so if you'd like to be a part of that, please let me know. If you could let me know today, I'll get I'll get you on the list to get a ticket for. We need to know exactly how many. And we'll be doing dinner beforehand as well. Uh, we're having our blood drive on October the 9th. And on October 4th and 5th, we'll be having our, October, our uh, uh, Highway 60 yard sale. And so go ahead and be bringing your, your uh, items in to sell. If you clean out the closet and and uh, bring things in. It's a it's a good fundraiser for us, and all the money that we get will go towards our missions uh, activities here at Community Baptist Church. We're having a missions team. Mission, we have a missions team meeting today at five, and there is a, a container out here for our change hunger. And what we're going to be doing is sending that money to the Bahamas for the uh, with to CBF. Uh, for the Bahamas outreach after the hurricane. So if you'd like to put some money in that, we encourage you to do that. One more thing. I was asked to uh, make this announcement this afternoon. Many of you know Shanda Finkston. Uh, we have a lot of connections with her in our church and uh, and our connections with First Christian Church. She's had... Everybody be quiet. It's a surprise. She's had having a surprise birthday party today. She doesn't know about it. It's at 2 o'clock at First Christian Church. And no gifts, just good wishes. So all of you are invited to go. Uh, that's at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So, But don't tell her. <laughs> Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
Please pray with me. Oh God, in Christ, who endured the cross in your own flesh for our sakes, hear us as we come before you as sinful people. We want to be your bold disciples, but we fear suffering. We want to carry our cross, but it is so very heavy and hard to carry. We count the cost of following you as long as there are benefits, but to renounce everything that we have is hard for us to accept. Forgive the conditions that we make when we try to obey you. Free us by your grace to forsake everything and follow you, O God. Lord, we are so attached to our possessions that we have trouble sharing them. We are so connected to our pleasures that we cannot feel the pain of those around us. We are so stuck on ourselves that we cannot sense our souls slipping away from us, away from you. Merciful God, loosen us from the grip of the world so that we may feel your healing touch in our lives. Remove us from our sins so that your spirit might bind us to you. Reshape us, O God. Redeem us, renew us, so that we may take up our crosses and follow our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank you, God, for your forgiving spirit that lifts us up when we fall and sets us back on the path that leads us to a fulfilling, loving life that you want for us all. Amen.
be seated. And children, will you join us down front for our children's moment, please? Y'all, this is just this is just another example of the way my week has been. It has been a crazy week. I've worked all week, except for Monday. Monday was a holiday, but it didn't matter. Worked all week. I had something to do every single night this week. And I thought, I didn't get my chores done at the house. And I thought, well, that's okay. I'll do it on Saturday. Well, I like sleeping late on Saturday. Do you like sleeping late on Saturday? Yeah, me too. I like sleeping late on Saturday. So I slept late. And then... There was a football game I really, really, really wanted to watch. It was the Clemson University, Texas A&M, go Clemson. And they won. It was exciting. I watched the football game. Um, And then I remembered, oh, shoot. I was supposed to teach Sunday school for Kirk's Sunday school class this morning. Oh, shoot. I'm supposed to have the children's sermon in the morning. Oh, shoot. I'm supposed to decorate the communion table this morning. I should probably have thought all that through, shouldn't I? Instead of agreeing to do everything on the same Sunday, I probably should have thought that through a little bit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Everett. I should have thought that through a little bit more. Does that ever happen to y'all when you've had a hard week at school and you've had homework and then all of a sudden... Oh, yeah. I agreed to walk the dog. Do what? You don't have homework. Lucky for you, you can walk the dog. And then you're thinking, oh, shoot, I've got soccer practice because I promised to be on that ball team. And i got to go to practice because they're counting on me. Or I, I told my folks I really, really, really wanted to take piano lessons, and so now I've got to practice. I probably should have thought that through a little bit more. Have you ever had those times when you're thinking, I should have thought that through a little bit more? Yes, sir. You've had those times? I know. It just gets, sometimes you think I should have just thought it through a little bit more. Well, I got to tell you, thinking through all of that, it's just, gosh, it's just, it's 
just made me hungry. You ever get hungry when you have to think so much? Oh, it's just made me hungry. I love M&M's. Do you like M&M's? Yeah. I know it. They're the best when you get hungry and just need them. <laughs> Probably not a real good idea to eat in front of everybody, is it? <laughs> well, one thing I did learn was Jesus taught me to share. Jesus said I was supposed to to share. And Jesus said I'm supposed to love other people enough to share what I've got. Jesus taught me that I'm supposed to take care of people. And when I said I was going to be one of Jesus' disciples, I really meant that. And, And I really meant that. So while I've had a week of not really thinking things through, that one I thought through. And that one I realized when Jesus taught me to take care of other people and to share, probably meant my M&Ms too. So, so, okay. So that one, me too. That one, that one I thought through. And I try when God teaches me something, when Jesus tells me to do something, I, I try to think through that um, and do what he tells me to do. This time I remembered. Let's pray together. Holy God, I thank you that even when those times come along that that I have piled things up and forgotten to think things through, that you love me anyway. And that following you is the best thing that I've ever done. And that every day I need to think about those things that you call us to do. Thank you, God, for walking with me. Thank you for loving us, God. And just so you'll know, we love you too. Amen. Amen.
us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are very thankful for the day that You've given us. We're thankful for the love that You've shown us in so many ways. We ask that You examine our hearts and reveal to us the things that must be made right. May we accept Your love and Your grace, Lord. May we be about Your kingdom, serving each other and loving one another. The mission that You gave us, may we be faithful in that. We ask that You bless the tithe and the offering now for the building of Your kingdom. Forgive us where we fail. In Jesus' name, Amen. Chapter 14, verse 25 through 33. 
Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, who often see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. This is the word of the Lord.
beautiful. What a wonderful song. Can't keep from singing. Today's sermon is titled, The Blessing of Thinking Things Through. Mary, I'm sorry you had such a rough week here. (laughs) But have you ever noticed that some people just don't think things through very well? And usually when that happens, things don't turn out very well for them, do they? I heard about a professional football player who wasn't very fond of curfews when the team was playing on the road. And so this player had a a routine that he followed whenever the team went to another city. You see, if he wanted to stay out after curfew, he would take whatever he could find in the hotel room and cram it under the cover so it would look like he was in his room. However, in one motel room, there was very little in the room that would fit under his covers. And, and In fact, the only thing that he could find that was close to the right size was a floor lamp. And so he stuffed that lamp under the bed cover and headed out for an evening of misadventure. But the only problem was, when the coach came by to do a bed check, he turned on the light switch. And the bed lit up like a Christmas tree. The poor guy just didn't think things through when he put that lamp under the covers. Some of you are probably familiar with the Darwin Awards. I've preached about the Darwin Awards from time to time. These are awards that are given out each year to people who do particularly stupid things. (laughs) Specifically things that could cause the loss of their life. And one of the finalists a few years ago was a teenager who was in the hospital recovering from some very serious head wounds that he received from an ongoing tra- un- oncoming train. And, and when he was asked how he received these injuries, he told the police that he was simply trying to see how close he could get his head to a moving train without being hit. I guess he found out, didn't he? I'm glad our teenagers are smarter than that. Some people just don't think things through before they act. And I, and I kind of think that Jesus had people like that in mind when he turned to the crowd and said, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to finish it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and and consider whether he is able with 10,000 soldiers to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000 soldiers? And if he is not, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In other words, Jesus was saying... Before you do something stupid, sit down and think about the consequences of your actions. Or as we might say today, for heaven's sakes, look before you leap. Jesus wanted people to give some thought to the conduct of their lives. And the truth is that thinking through what you're doing before you do it, you could save yourself a whole lot of trouble in every area of your life. 
A few years ago, the Associated Press carried a story about a young artist named Trevor Corneliuson. Trevor was uh, 26 years old at the time, and he went camping in an abandoned mine shaft about five miles north of Baker, uh, California. And his plan was to, to wrap a chain around his bare ankles and put a lock on it, and then, for whatever reason, draw a picture of his legs in, in these chains. It was an artistic uh, thing that he wanted to do. And everything went well, went great, until he finished his drawing. Because it was then that it dawned on him that he had forgotten to bring the key to the lock. <laughs> And these chains were chained around his ankles and they were locked on and there was nothing he could do. So painfully, Trevor hopped across the desert for 12 hours before finding help. It took him over 12 hours because he had to hop through boulders and sand, a sheriff's deputy said. But fortunately, he did, he did put on his shoes before he, before he hopped. And that's a relief. Corneliuson finally made it to a gas station where he called the sheriff's department who sent the paramedic and a deputy with, with bolt cutters. His legs were bruised, but he was otherwise in pretty good health, the deputy said. And he also said that the drawing of the chain around his neck, legs was pretty good. <laughs> I would hope it would be more than just pretty good, considering the ordeal that he went through. My friend, sometimes it pays to think before we act. Those of you who are into texting... Have you ever sent a text and went, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said You ever done that? Yeah. Have you ever wished that you could take back a text after you hit the, the send button? You have. I know you have. <laughs> well, I read recently that there's now an app for that. <laughs> after sending a friend an embarrassing text, uh, Macy Peterson, a U.S. I mean, a, a Washington D.C. entrepreneur, created an app that lets users take back those messages that they immediately wish that they hadn't sent. The app, which she calls on second thought, has two main features to it. There's a recall function that gives the users up to 60 seconds to reclaim the text before it's sent. And, then, and there's also a curfew setting which holds all texts until a designated time. And its promotional material says, say you're out late at night one night and you don't trust the condition that you're in. You might want to review your text the following morning and check to make sure it's something that you really want to send before it actually goes out. And, they, and the app automatically holds your text until the next day. Of course, some people are hopeless, aren't they? And unfortunately, there's not an app for that. <laughs> They'll just blurt out whatever they have on their mind, or they'll just leap without looking, regardless of how thoughtless or how stupid the thought or the act may be. And they never learn, but we're smarter than that, aren't we? I hope we are. We can learn from our experiences. We can sit down and think 
things through and, and come to some logical conclusions. And that's all Jesus is asking from us. And I know that some people think of Christianity as being primarily an emotional experience. But folks, let me tell you something. Nothing could be further from the truth. You see, Jesus wants us to think things through. He wants us to count the cost before we take a leap of faith. But what is amazing to me is that there are so few people who think about the things that matter most in their lives. And this is the real problem. What are some of the things that matter most to you? Your family? Your health? Your work? Your reputation in the community? Think about how many tragedies could be avoided if people would just sit down for a few minutes and think through the consequences of their actions regarding those things that really matter in their lives. Think about how many homes would still be intact. Think about how many prison cells would be empty. Think about how many lives would be spared if folks would simply think first. Many of you are familiar with the name Ted Williams, a former Red Sox baseball legend. He was the the last major league batter to to hit uh, with a batting average of over 400. Many people consider him to be the greatest hitter of all time. And he was once asked by a reporter about his extraordinary vision, which was 2010. He said his eyes were better than normal and he got a lot of walks because he really understood exactly where the strike zone was. And so the reporter asked Williams if if Williams could probably get some more hits if he swung at some balls that were just outside of the strike zone. And Williams replied, yes, he could probably get more hits, but he never swung at pitches outside of the strike zone. And so the reporter asked, well, if you could get more hits, why don't you try to do that? And William said, because if I did that, then there's no place to draw the line. Folks, listen to this. That is important in more areas of our lives than baseball. In fact, I would say that one of the most important pieces of information that we can have in our lives is knowing where to draw the line. Let's go back to those areas of our lives that are most important to us. Our family, our health, our reputation. Those things that we really don't want to damage or to lose. Can you see how important it is that we know where to draw the line around them? A line that we will not cross. It is very important that we give thought to those things that are really important in our lives. Psychologists tell us that we have somewhere around 10,000 thoughts that pass through the human brain every single day. 10,000 thoughts every day. That makes about 70,000 thoughts each week and 3.65 million thoughts every year. And folks, that's a lot of thoughts. It's a lot of thinking. But let me tell you something. At least a few of those thoughts need to take priority. 
So Isaac Newton once, was once asked he, how he discovered the law of gravity. And I know you think it's an apple, but that's not what he said. He said, I, dis- I discovered the law of gravity by thinking about it. One cynic said, use your brain. And then he sarcastically added, it's the little things that count. (laughs) Which brings me to something that the great evangelist Dwight L. Moody once said. He said that if he could get somebody to think for only ten minutes about the condition of his or her soul, he could convert that person. Think about that. Just... Ten minutes of thinking about our soul. But the trouble is that many of us refuse to give even ten minutes of thought about the things that really matter to us. And of course, the most important thought that we can have concerns our relationship with God. My friends, if if we are secure in our relationship with God then don't you think that would take care of a whole lot of the critical concerns of our lives? I think it would. You may remember just a few years ago, 151 cadets were expelled from West Point for cheating. And a survey was was taken among West Point cadets to determine what was the greatest single factor in students' minds in, in causing this breakdown of behavior. And the Secretary of Army reported that at least two-fifths of the cadets, when asked what the causes were, brought up removal of mandatory chapel at the military academy. He said it seems that the cadets felt that sanctity was driven out of the moral code. Folks, our relationship with God reminds us that there are some lines that we dare not cross. And when that relationship with God is broken, we are vulnerable to all kinds of temptation. But one more thing, and even more important, our relationship with God also reminds us of a line that we desperately need to cross. You see, when Jesus taught about counting the cost before building a tower, his real concern was not architecture or construction. He was thinking about the commitment that that would be required to become one of his followers. He was thinking about what it meant to be his disciple. And he concluded this teaching by saying, in the same way, Those of you who do not give up everything, everything you have, you cannot be my disciple. Wow. Now that'll clear a room in a hurry, won't it? (laughs) Give up everything? Everything? How many of us really want to take this religion business that far? And yet, that is the demand that Christ makes of every one of us if we want to be one of His disciples. 
There is a line that we desperately need to cross, and that is the line that separates those who follow Jesus from those who simply admire Him. Let that sink in for a second. And once we cross that line, something special is expected from us. And that is that we dedicate everything that we are and everything that we have and everything that we hope to be to following Christ. And why shouldn't Christ expect that from us? People are committing themselves to things that are far less important than that. A famous athlete said that he does a thousand sit-ups every day. How could anybody be so dedicated to improving their body? It hurts just to think about it. We hear about business people who work 60, 70, even 80 hours a week neglecting their health, neglecting their families, neglecting their community responsibilities in their service to the God of success. Is it worth that kind of dedication? Then why should we be surprised when Christ would ask as much from us? And he does. In, fe- in fact, he asks for even more. He asks for it all. Now, that doesn't mean that we will live at the church. <laughs> no. The call to renounce everything is not a call to everyone to m- make our. Uh, to, to become full-time church workers. If everybody was a full-time church workers, we wouldn't have anybody to preach to. <laughs> but here's what it is. This call to follow Christ, to give up everything, to give Him everything. It is a call to make our entire life, our work, our play, our family, everything pleasing to God. And the ironic thing is that when we renounce everything, when we give it all for the sake of God, we gain more than we lose. Because we find that in pleasing God, we ultimately please ourselves. And the reason for that is that God's way, it is God's way that leads us to true abundant life. In the spring of 2015, a 39-year-old college professor from Venezuela ran the famous Boston Marathon. Uh, The professor's name is Michael Malamed. He had run four previous marathons before this this uh, time in 2015, but this was his first time running the, the coveted Boston Marathon. And for Malamed, this was a culmination of, of six years of training that had begun with him running just 500 yards on his first day of training. 
But what makes Mikhail Malamed's story so unique was that he finished the Boston Marathon dead last. And he finished last because Mikhail Malamed has a form of muscular dystrophy that severely impairs his mobility so that his, his run is more like a, a very slow and laborious dragging one foot after another. The Boston Marathon, the course, is, is very brutal. It's, it's hilly and, and difficult. It begins early on Monday morning, and, and the average male runner finishes the marathon in about four hours, a little over four hours. Mikhail finished the race in just less than 20. He crossed the finish line in the dark, in the pounding rain, with a flock of supporters cheering him on. And he was interviewed just after completing the race, and here's what he said. He said, it was hard on the body, but in the soul, everything is shining. Committed followers of Jesus Christ will someday say something very similar to that about the cost of their own discipleship. It was hard on the body, but in the soul, everything is shining. All Jesus is asking for here is for you and for me to use our brains. Is He the Savior of the world? You need to decide that. And if your decision is that He is, then doesn't it make a whole lot of sense for us to align our lives with His? Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you sit down first and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? My friends, you can save yourself a whole lot of problems simply by thinking through what really matters in your life, and especially when it comes to your commitment to God. And then commit your all to follow Jesus. Amen. Let us sing our closing hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. You've done it again. (laughs) What a wonderful hymn. Let it be not just words that we sing. Let it be the prayer of our hearts. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back.
go now and take hold of the life that really is life. Shun the eagerness for those things that ultimately do not matter, but be rich in good works. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And may God be your refuge and your strength. May Christ Jesus free you from all that ensnares you. And may the Holy Spirit provide you with everything you need to totally devote your life to following the ways of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. We go in peace to love and to serve the Lord and His children. Amen.